0: You're listening to the Everyone But Us podcast, straight from the heart of London. What's happening guys, welcome to another
1: edition of the Everyone But Us podcast. My name's Lewis and my guests with me as always are... Waymer. And Sugar White. Sugar White for all you people not knowing who it is, his name is actually really Steve, not Marion. But anyway, (laughs) 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 as as, as things going fellas, all right? Yeah, not too bad, man. How are you? Yeah, mate. Yeah. I can't complain, mate. Just another week of lockdown, still fucking at home, chilling, doing fucking the regular shit, eating, drinking, eating, eating.
0: Getting eating. fat. Or not smoking. It's pretty,
1: nah, definitely not smoking though, man. Just all fucking eating. Still not smoking. I'm two months in now, so personal milestone. Doing pretty well at the moment. No respect for that, man. Yeah, them, man. Yeah, thank you very much. What have you been up
0: to, Steve? How's work going? All right. Yeah, work, work. Man, it's like, just to be honest, for me, it's like business as usual, really. I've been
1: trying to get these guys for, I want to say maybe a month now. I've been trying to organise, trying to get them together. Even before the lockdown came into effect, we were actually going to do an episode at Mill Hill, but it just never works out for whatever reason, because these guys are regularly touring, regularly doing their own thing. So... I'm gonna keep the introductions real short and real sweet these guys have been doing some big 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 things in the uk and they've been a band for like i checked it they've been a band coming up this year for nearly eight years that's pretty fucking big for like a kind of a don't want to say a young band but like a wow. a, a, a newish sort of like uk hardcore band so i thought it was a couple for, of weeks that's what I thought. What they look like. <laughs> they, they like they look like they look like a couple of weeks. So they're all getting fucking, uh, they're all looking straight in the camera. I like, what if, nah. but I want to say without further ado, yeah, I want to welcome GSF. And if you don't know who they are, that is Grove Street Families. Give it up.
0: Mm. What's up, guys?
1: Yo, yo, yo. And today we've got Ben, who is the vocalist, and we've got Chris, who is the guitarist in the band. A big up all the other guys who obviously. Sadly we can't have you all on because otherwise it'd just be a complete shit show of everyone talking over each other. But respect. But well, how are you guys doing anyway? How are you just getting on? All right?
2: Yeah, good, yeah. man. Yeah, Business like, like Steve said earlier, business as usual for me. I'm I'm still working. Um yeah, just trying to trying to get shit done in between. We're in the middle of like writing an album. So I mean as much as I could do with the time off right now, I'm just yeah, just cracking on the same as same as before, really, man.
1: That's good. If you don't mind me asking, Chris, what do you actually do for a living? Like, is it like downloads? Can you talk about it Or,
2: Yeah. Sorry, man, you broke up there, but, um, basically I, I deliver meds to people's houses, um, which I was doing like just before, uh, just before the lockdown and stuff. But on the side of that, like I'm, uh, an aspiring sort of record producer, I suppose you'd say. I oh, bands like, record, record and stuff, um, up at studio six. Um, yeah, just oh. trying to push that as much as possible, but obviously it's quite a hard thing to to kind of get into and build up client clientele and and all that kind of thing. So yeah, what
1: Studio Six with Stu?
2: With Stu, yeah, man. Oh I right, think. I
1: didn't know that. Sick, yeah, right. yeah.
2: I had no idea
1: this week you are doing your like if your your other thing that you're trying to obviously progress and get into. Man, that's
2: pretty sick. To make the main thing, yeah, but yeah. at the moment it's like a side hustle. But yeah, uh, how long have you been working at Studio Six for then? Uh, I think. Since about 2015, I want to say. Oh, oh wow. Five years. Yeah. Like wow. yeah. It's been like an, an on and off kind of thing, really. Just uh, like I say, you know, trying to build it up and stuff like that. It's, it's making the transition between like a, a regular sort of full paid job and going into that. So it's, it's one of those things. It's always quite a hard thing to do with any sort of creative thing, I guess. Definitely, mate. Definitely. That's can I, just can really, I qu-
1: just qu- qu- now, go on, mate? Yeah, go on, mate.
2: Yeah, can I, what what bands have you worked with? I'm just curious. Any bands we uh, know? So, I mean, I've done, I did some tracking on the Life Betrays Us album a few years back. Is that why uh, it sounds so terrible?
0: That's your fault, is it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, recently worked on uh, Europe, uh, European, well, Dutch band, uh, uh They've got a new album coming out. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wicked, man. So, it was uh, Watch Me Die. There's another band I've done quite recently. Uh, Strike Back, Back Down. Uh, worked on the Guilt Trip record, Unrelenting Forced. That was oh, sick. one of the, one that's the biggest cool, releases that i worked that's
1: some, on. Yeah. That's some big sound. Some of those re- records you've just fucking... Uh, sorry, I keep swearing. Some of those records that you uh, just mentioned, they've got a big sound. So that's actually like knowing that you've been part of that process and helping her, that's actually a really big thing, man. Keeping it within the UK Harcourt family, of course, as well, which is obviously a great thing for me, like. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's pretty real. Anyway, so Ben, what about you? What have you been up to, mate? How's life for you?
3: Life's all right, man. Uh, I've done this lockdown stuff. I'm still going to work. Uh, I'm grateful for actually being in work right now because, you know, a lot of people are staying inside. I get to go outside, have a quick ride around and that. Yeah, for real.
1: What do you do? Are you, are you,
3: are you a courier or something? Like, as you said, ride around? Like, no, I'm. I'm actually working in a bike shop right now. Oh, and, um, okay. All right, just cool. kind of doing mechanic sort of stuff with that, and um, yeah. So I get to like you know obviously ride to and from work. So it's nice to be on the bike and get a bit of uh, exercise in as well. Is the shop actually open still, like to the public, or are you closed? Like you just do um, repairs in it. No, it's actually kind of like peeping that situation because the company's actually closing. So what we're doing is we're actually uh, we're closing up the whole shop as it is. Yeah. just So I can imagine
1: stop. Sorry to cut you off, just taking like, all the expensive shit and making sure it's all put away properly.
3: And I'm guessing in it like, yeah, man, there's a lot of expensive bikes in that place, man. So we're like getting them boxed up, like shipping them off back as soon as possible.
0: Be a shame uh, if one of them was to go missing. It yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <you> know.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what
4: what type of bikes are we talking about? Are you talking like motorbikes like Harley Davidson's and shit like that? Or what what nah, pedal, bike?
3: pedal bikes, pedal bikes? Oh bro. pedal bikes. Yeah. That's, our boy does that. We've got a Mot- friend that does that as well. M- motors get to to a fucking motors get to a... what's it complicated for me. I need something simple. No nah, man, that's a good people, pe- like, nah,
1: that's, that's a good that's pe- pe- a good People are into bikes in this country, and more so than ever. Like everyone's sort of like getting their road bikes, getting their bikes that they, uh, mountain bikes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, although you probably do all types of bikes, but I'm guessing the ones you mostly do are road bikes. In it, like for people to get to and from work, in it.
3: Yeah, we we did a hell of a lot of road bikes. Like, like we was making probably at least about ten grand a day doing it. It's oh, like how much people would spend on a bike. Like, Come on, some me. road bikes are so expensive. Man, like four or five grand. Four or seen five had, grand. Yes. Four or five grand. Yes. I easily seen ones more expensive. It's just too too expensive for me, bro.
1: But wow. Ain't no Muddy Fox Rally shit in it, though, like, remember? That? <laughs> <laughs> That's really expensive, yeah. them bikes that fold up. What are they called? Uh, oh, ones? the Bromptons.
3: Bromptons. Bromptons. Yeah. They're quite expensive <laughs> yeah. as well, aren't they? Uh, 1200, you're looking at.
1: Yeah. Fucking hell. So, yeah, you don't want to be standing on the train and then some huffy geezer gets on, oh, excuse me, please, with my fold-up bicycles. Like, Fuck up. <laughs> you should be on, you should be on the road riding that shit, man. Go take your fold-up bike and ride off into the sun.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but let's kick into this minute. Like, let's get the low down on GSF. That's what I'm going to just say. Just keep it simple. Keep the abbreviation, rather than saying the whole band name. But yeah, That's GSF. So Chris, let me ask you first, mate. Like the background behind, obviously yourself. How did you actually get into music and start in this in this world before you sort of got into um, producing and stuff like? That? So take it back right to the beginning.
2: Right to the beginning. Oh man, I. I mean, I was always kind of like brought up in quite a musical household. Like my dad was in like uh, in the RAF and he was in the band. Um, he played like uh, he played like the trumpet okay. um, so i started doing trumpet lessons when i was in probably year four or something at school um and then that just transitioned into playing the guitar um, in secondary school and stuff like that um they had like a after the school club called Rock Band, where you, you kind of like learn covers and stuff like that and then perform to like the school. Yeah. I just got a kick out of doing that, man. I really enjoyed it. And uh, a couple of the dudes that I was doing it with, we formed a band, started going to local shows, just like, you know, any music that was going on, we just, we just be there. It was back in the sort of MySpace days. Okay. So I'm sure you remember, man, it was just like every sort of little town had like a buzzing music scene at that time, just purely because of this website. or well, that's what it seemed anyway. Um, Definitely. MySpace was so, yeah, we, big
1: back in them days
2: yeah man and it was just so good for finding bands and stuff like that and that really got me into sort of playing live gigs and stuff like that man um and then i guess through being in those sort of bands i got more and more into the recording side of it okay. um just kind of any way that i could really just to kind of make demos and stuff because we we're still in school and stuff didn't really have money for recording and stuff like that course, yeah, yeah definitely not. um and I, I went to went to uh, college to do music, and then there was like one, one little module, I guess you call it, like, of doing production, and that's when I was like, "This is what I want to be doing." Like, I don't know, I, j- I just felt like music for me was like a very much like a, a way of just chilling out and doing my own thing with it, rather than being like structured in like an educational sense. Yeah, for real. So, yeah, I just went and do, did that. Went to uni to do it. Met Sullivan. And, uh, yeah, it's been downhill ever since, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: jokes. What about you? What about Ben? What about yourself, mate? How did you uh, get yourself into music and act Like, was it similar to what Chris was doing or was your path a little bit different in, in how you got into it?
3: Uh, it was a little bit different, but quite similar. Like I was brought up in a lot of like Motown, disco, soul from my, my mom. man. Same. Like that's, that's what I had. And then, um, I also remember my dad that I found, he had an NWAC and a Wu-Tang CD. And I listened to them and was just drawn in by it. And then like, I remember I turned uh, 11 and I was just about to start year seven and I was in HMV and I saw Slipknot's Iowa album. Okay. It was like mirrored. It just caught yeah, my have, eye yeah. and I bought it. I was just like, whatever. I don't even know. I just wanted it because of the artwork. I listened to it and was like, this is sick. And then I found like Korn, all those sort of bands. Then went to school. Yeah, had MySpace, but fortunately for me, like was, I grew up in London, so I had all those bands that were getting on the whole bit of it on MySpace and this and that and getting everywhere. They all play London, so I got to see loads of cool bands, stuff like that, and that made me want to play in a band as well. And yeah, just like been doing that since. Really, been trying to do that. What year That's, was that then? Uh. I started going to shows at Underworld and stuff like that in about 2006-2007. Oh, okay. You know like, oh, oh, wow. your, like, Your Demise, uh, Knuckle Dust, there was like Metal Fests and stuff like that, or Ninja fest. all of them
1: going on back then. So there. you was, you was going, what, you, what if you don't mind me asking, what what year was you born like? Are you not early 90s kid or...? Yeah, 1991. Oh, wow. Well, right, Dude, yeah. man, I thought then that I, old. You're six years, you're six years younger than me. Then, like, what about you, Chris? What year was you born, mate? Ninety-three, man. Oh wow. Okay. So Ben is the Ben is Ben is is Ben is the father of the band. I take it, ain't you? Yeah? yeah, definitely. You don't like <laughs> it, uh, <that>, uh, man. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah. I wish you would
1: sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. so you guys are
4: only um, three years older than me. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking three dog years. I was in nineteen sixty-seven.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. you know what?
0: Fully like fully fully fucking sick that you just saw an album and you didn't even know what it was and you just thought oh, I'll have a look at that and then that's brought you to this place like more or less that's fucking i
4: gonna say Ben when, so when you got into metal was you kind of getting into it in the new metal phase
3: like the or- it, it, kind of yes like because I got into Slipknot and Korn but then like I don't know where it was like I found a kid in my school that listened to like metal as well and he showed me Metallica Oh And right. I went Metallica into more thrashier roots. And then I went into like death metal. Where I found like Cannibal Corpse. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. That was me, man. Like I saw them on Ace Ventura as well. And was like, yo, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> do, do you know,
1: do you know what? That's Ben just made an interesting point. Like, because my route into sort of like heavy music as well, like hardcore and obviously a bit more heavier. I never got into death metal or blackboard, or any of that sort of stuff. I heard some of the bands and stuff, but most people, not all people, but our generation of sort of like the early to mid 2000s, everyone's introduction to hardcore and shit was kind of like through new, through new metal and that. And mm. it's, I don't know, maybe it's because it's an accessible thing as well. Like a lot of these bands were kind of mainstream at a time. So you'd see them on TV. And as you said, Ben saw them in fucking HMV. So to just go in and just see a band, just see a band just like shining at you, almost like, come and buy me. And then you picked it up and then before you knew it, you're getting into like a different realm of music and stuff, so it's, it's I, a good. I st- must admit, like because Slipknot and bands like
4: that were a bit after, a bit past my time. Do you know what I mean? But of course, mate, definitely. I've definitely got a bigger appreciation for bands like Slipknot and stuff like that now than I did when I was growing up. Before mm-hmm. I was a bit snobby, yeah. like oh, I can't, I'm not listening to Slip Slipknot. But now I listen
1: to them, I can really appreciate how good they are. Do you know what I mean? Slipknot heavier now when they first started, like, I'm not sure what album that they bought, not not maybe not their most recent album, but an album before that, if you listen to it, like, you're like, right, it's just, like, if, if you're not, a, if you're not into Slipknot and you'd heard it, you'd think like, oh, this is the heaviest band I've heard in the world, like, but it's just Slipknot who've just obviously evolved their sound. They've just obviously gone away from the whole DJ sort of type, sort of like, um, experimental sound. They've just gone for just a, a bare bones, heavy ass album. Cause I heard one track and I was like, is this actually sick. No, this is like heavier than anything they've probably done before, even though they are a heavy band, but saying that when I first heard them, I thought they were the heaviest band in the world as well. Like I've ever heard. So yeah, yeah, man, it's fucking, it's it's kind of mad. So anyway, after that little brief introduction, so how did you guys actually meet and start GSF or was you looking to do something different or was you into something different before you actually started in the band? Oh God. Um, me and Sandy met each other in uni. And, um, oh, okay, you mean me, Sandy, you mean Chris? Okay, that's his nickname. Oh, yeah, yes, so, it's Chris, yeah. Yes. So, Sandy, I, no, that's, well, I,
3: I know now, I'll get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we, we was actually on the same course at uni doing uh, record production. And uh, I remember our first day, we went on a library tour. And Sandy, <laughs> uh, we went that's to fun. the... <laughs> we went to the, um, what's it? The SU bar thing and they had the mega pints or so two pints in a like cup and Sandy got a and like, I dared, and I was like, you've got to finish that whole thing. And we went to this library tour and literally he was just like wagging around and I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to get on with this guy. I know I will. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, um, in our second year, we got a place together, uh, Co- was it Coventry road one? it Sandy big up Coventry road,
2: man. Yeah, GSF HQ right there, isn't it? (laughs) Sick place,
3: man. That is the household. And, um, we had a module at uni to record a band to record three songs. We just couldn't, didn't find anyone to be able to do it. So literally, I think think we had
2: someone lined up, but they dropped out, didn't they?
3: Yeah, we, yeah, actually we did. We had someone lined up, but they dropped out. So in the end, we just,
2: they did, man.
3: Yeah, honestly, it was best decision that we got, like they made for this. Um, we were sitting there having a smoke in my room playing Grandpa Theft at San Andreas. And we was like, oh, it wouldn't be funny to make a band about this for joke. Did it for uni. Wrote like literally three songs in like, what was it? Two nights of Science Sandy recorded it all in the room? Something like that, yeah. No. Uh, handed it in, like, and then we was just like, should we just see what happens if we put it online see what people think? And then somehow it's got to where it is today. Oh, wow. It uh-huh. like a project. It's got out of hand, really, man. Yeah,
1: it's just <laughs> pretty much. It's like, it's, uh, so, it's, no, Scott, it's remember, you say what you're going to say. I was, was going to say, I after.
4: love stuff, like, that's organic. It's not like you guys had a this major plan. It just happened organically. Do you know what I mean? I love shit yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, that yeah, my, yeah.
2: Maybe yeah. never really, like... I mean it was pretty, pr- probably the same up to about like the 30p like never really had like a long plan do you know what i mean it was just like fuck it, we just put this out like you know we're living together at that time um all the all the people that were in the band at that time were, we were all in the house together so we we're just like yeah fuck it let's just see where it goes isn't it put something out and then you know before we knew it there was like you know we started getting show offers uh, tour offers, like stuff like that. And it just, it was just a snowball really. But I've got to give a shout out to like Desolated and Astral Boys for taking us under their wing a little bit when we were like very early band because that definitely like, definitely helped.
1: Yeah, because I, I remember, I've, see this is the film with Deso. Like, I knew they'd been, a, I'm not new personally, but some people had mentioned that they'd been around for a minute, but I never heard of them because obviously they were in a different sort of like scene that was yeah. like, obviously hardcore at the time. They am more into mm-hmm. the deathcore thing at the time. So they were kind of big in their own right, but I remember I saw them for the first time when we played back in 2000 and I think it was 2013, we played a show up in Leeds at the Wharf Chambers that um Casey, uh, what's, I can't remember what his surname is, but uh, it was a dude called Casey, like he used to do um Donfest, fucking good kid Casey, man. Do you remember, oh, do you remember, yeah. Do you remember Donfest? Yeah, he put that on Yeah. yeah. And he... He dropped a video. Someone filmed the video, and like, that was one of the f- first videos that people saw. The whole crowd killing thing, like, and that's when obviously Deso. From there, oh, that's well, where yeah, they, that clip, that famous yeah, clip, the yeah. famous clip, like, that's where they just fucking just exploded after that man they Exploded. No, no, no like. wasn't, man. Yeah, that's it, man. I mean, that's, I'm. That's that they're all good people. I've met them. Like, obviously, Paul's really safe, and Andy as well. I've spoken to a couple of times, but. The rest of the band, I don't really know them too tough, but they all just seem oh, and obviously Richie as well. But yeah, these people are nice people. So to know yeah. that obviously you were with them at the time because they're all Southampton based, obviously. I take it you went to Southampton like, University, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so obviously, that's a good thing that you had these people around you at the time to obviously get on shows and make new friends and make acquaintances, etc. etc. But besides that, what I wanted to ask you, I remember when it first you first put your name at. Grocery families, and I looked, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, how? I'm being real. I was like, "How the fuck are these men just?" Made a band after some video game shit like did, did, <laughs> <laughs> did, and then I remember I spoke to you, Chris, recently. Not like um, uh, the the last ready I showed it we did when you guys the headlined. Yeah, and we yeah. Was, we actually spoke for quite a bit, and I asked you, like, "How did you fucking come back?" and He goes, "Oh, well, it was like a uni project," and I was like, "I was taken back." I was like, "Bro, I just thought yous, mans, were just like." just proper got stoned one night he was, well obviously Ben just explained it like, <laughs> no, no, so, no. So, <laughs> yeah. but I just I just thought it was just kind of mad that it just fucking morphed from something into that life we used to do but did, did people at first sort of like think it was just a pure gimmick and didn't take it really seriously obviously you guys knew what you wanted from it or didn't know what you want but
2: what about people who were listening to it like what did they say at first I don't know man I, I mean I guess when you know when we started out Obviously, we we were just absolutely taking the piss, just fucking about. Um, you know, didn't expect to even play a show outside of Southampton. Let alone, you know, all the stuff that we've done this far. Um, so I, I guess people, you know, s- you know, saw it for what it was, man. Saw saw, you know, a band just fucking I don't know doing shit about GTA. Um, and then, like I say, like we never really had like a long plan. So when we stopped, when all these offers started coming through, and you know, like. Um, the snowball effect started really we were just like right we should probably like put out more music and then it got to a point where we were like if we want to grow the band even more we've kind of got to veer away from that gta thing do you know what i mean of course mate. and it was never meant to be like a, a big thing anyway so yeah i mean if on, on our 30p like there's a lot more of like a uh sort of like transition between you know, singing about, like don't know, slewing people down with an Uzi or whatever, of <laughs> yeah, <but>, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. serious shit that we we kind of wanted to tie that in. So like, there's like, themes about like real life stuff that can of fit course, into mate. the game as well to just like so, make that transition better. Yeah. So,
1: so obviously it wasn't like, this is I'm not trying to dig out any bands. I'm not going to mention any bands, but you know, sometimes you get a lot of bands who talk about, oh, I'm going to go on the street and. Fucking shoot you down and be up. Obviously, yours was a little bit more tongue in cheek because obviously, the name of the band is based after a video game fucking gang. So like, obviously, we all know you guys are nice people. You ain't going to be slew. You ain't no yeah. one's slewing anyone down. Just like us, like we're in, in in tough bands, like heavy bands, but we're not talking about fucking down the street and beating people up per se. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. But guess- used to. I remember
4: watching you guys the first of a time, and you used to have fake jewelry on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, it was <laughs> obvious, yeah. You know I mean, that it was like all a laugh, like so, yeah, yeah. It was. People sometimes forget, don't don't-
0: though, man. Like when we were doing when we were doing BDFs, nobody ever really realised that most of the time we were kind of just fucking about. Like we had songs about killing people and shit. It's like you think we're really gonna? We ain't really doing that. Like people would just think that that's our that was what we were trying to say that we were actually gonna do.
2: Mm. Yeah, people take it too seriously, man. That's the thing, isn't it? That's definitely. Like
1: one thing I was gonna say, um, your first release, did you put out a demo before putting out the uh, the Los Santos CP?
3: No. We um so there was Cleaning Up the Hood, which was the uh, first track that we put out, we put it on my SoundCloud. Okay. And then and then we put where we we got like over a thousand plays on or something like in a short space of time. It was like, right, we've got the other two songs. Let's put them up onto a band camp. And then we made,
2: we had a band camp account where we put lost the LSCP on. LSEP, yeah. Yeah. At that, um, that point as well, no one knew who was actually in the band. And I think that created almost as much hype as the actual like music itself. Yeah. Was there, even, was people, yeah. I remember going, going unit, um, which was like an old nightclub in Southampton, like a Grebo club. And those people out in the smoking area being like, oh, like, have you heard this GSF band? Yeah, I don't know who it is. And I remember me and Sully, we were just stood there, like, creasing. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> that that shit changed. works, though, you know. That love shit it. works. Straight up.
0: Yeah, it might be a mystery.
1: I love this bit of mystery. It's good. But yeah, listening to the LSEP, I can definitely hear that it's like, there is obviously some Mel influence, but. It something else comes a little bit later, obviously, which we'll touch upon. But I, the first stuff we can, I can definitely hear, was more like a heavy hardcore sort of type. Was there sort of any influences at the time that you sort of like listened to, or was there something that you just wanted to just put out yourself because of what you guys were, were
3: into? Like, I guess think we. Oh, uh, you go so. Oh, sorry. Um. So we had this other guy at that lived with called Chris Wood, Woody. He was the one of the original he guitarists. got a
4: friend of me <laughs>
3: <laughs> Amazing. We got Woody. So go But like, um, Woody like liked a fair bit of terror. And he was really into his metal as well. So the first EV I think, Percy was influenced a fair bit by Terra and Pantera.
1: Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I yeah, I can, can def- hear that. I
1: can, I hear can that. definitely hear that. Yeah. Especially um, with your vocals at the time and that, like, the, the some of the lyrics are fucking really jokes, like, tuggy cheek sort of type shit.
2: But um, yeah. obviously I knew what you guys were going for at the time. So, yeah. yeah we were just, just having today. a lot of fun, weren't we? It? Like, it's just fucking jokes in the studio, just messing about, man. Yeah, like, who, comes, who, who came of all the music then? Uh, it's pretty much myself and uh, and Woody at the time. Um yeah. And then Woody kind of left and then, you know, his members... We kind of went on. Mem- new members joined, and the writing dynamic, I guess, changed. But yeah, it's always been sort of that way, really. Oh, right, cool,
4: man. I hear a bit of like suicidal in it as well. Suicidal oh, take yeah. offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. because oh, yes. um, I know um, not trying to sidetrack, but you, what is it, Ben? Do you skate? Yeah, well? yeah I do, man. Yeah, is that was that influence. Did that come into the music as well, or? Oh, hell. Yeah. If, you watch, if you watch a lot of skate videos, it's usually kind of upbeat punk playing in the background. Do you know what I mean?
3: But right, like um skate videos, honestly, I get put as one of my major influences for my music taste today. Like I had I listened to so much different stuff because you had so many different skate videos where you had like guys skating pools and you'd hear more like suicidal and like trashier stuff. And then you'd have like certain guys that were just street and then you'd hear more like Diller beats, woo, just like yeah, bigger, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So you had like a really good range. Yeah,
4: yeah. I, I just want on because I, I when I grew up, I was into skating for about um I was heavy into skateboarding for about 10, 15 years. So like yeah. you still skate now, do you?
3: Yeah, still skating as much as I can. You any good? Uh, I used to be better when I was younger but now uh, I'm, I can't be asked to flip the board anymore. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Laundry, str-
4: street or ramp?
3: Uh, street more than anything. Yeah, my man. Yeah, me as well, man. Yeah, no,
1: awesome. I, I, I always try to get into skateboarding but I just never had a lot of friends who were into it so it's kind of hard learning but... Never had a lot of friends. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks.
4: Just a quick story, right? Because yeah, I was skating for about 10, 15 years then I gave up and I think In my early, I think it was my mid thirties. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to start skating again. And I was, you know, it takes time. I was just getting back into it. And I remember there was like this phone, you know, like a phone, you know, like a phone that they put, you know, when you buy like a a video or something and it's covered in that phone. Yeah. Yeah. So I found this bit of phone and I thought, let me try and holly it. And fucking anyone that's trying to jump anything, never use phone because if you land on it, it sticks. Yeah. I fucking I tried to jump this fucking phone box and I proper stacked it. My arms are fucked. And I was just like, nah, that's it, man. Done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just them. But I, I I miss it so much, man. I still watch skate videos and stuff.
1: Uh, I was bro. gonna quit I was gonna quickly say, like, so yeah, I was in the skating a lot, but I was just even basic tricks I wasn't really good at. I could skate really fast and I'd get around and shit, but that was besides but that was just that was it, like kind of got it. I never got into that. Like, stuck with it, but whatever. But I was always into the skate videos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only recently, like say the past couple of years ago, I saw the zoo York mixtape. Have you seen that one?
3: Oh, bro. I've done talking yeah, i saw. about zoo york mixtape, bro. That is that, oh, like God, OG that, video.
1: That, that, the, the, it's it's the soundtrack that makes it all, man. It's the soundtrack how, and the how, how, bits oh. all the right, Yeah, man. Rest in peace. I hunter, definitely, it, man. Bro? But I think that's probably the best skate video, like street wise, anyway. Like mm. that is the best, what's it called, uh, skateboard video that's come out.
2: By the way, that's little. Side. Did you skate, Chris? Yeah, I try, man. <laughs> I just have fun with <laughs> it, mate. To be yeah, fair. Just yeah, for, yeah, like, yeah. Roll around with Sully at uni and that, and then got more and more and more into it and stuff like that. But like Weymer said, man, I think it's one of those things that's easier to get into when you're younger because you know yeah, you don't yeah. have any fear when you're like that. at age, but when you're a little, yeah, bit you look old, a bit stupid, so you're exactly when you go wrong. What's that? When you're like, sorry, sorry for interrupting you. I'm
4: just saying when you get older and then you're going into work and your arm's all fucked up. Yeah. And then you're people, yeah
0: I, I fell over on my skateboard. Yeah. Mate, exactly. <laughs> Look a yeah. bit nuts. Oh, about that promotion. <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: going to have to give up the skateboarding first. You know what I mean? So I was going to say, obviously, so you put, out, you put out the first release and you guys have obviously now gone, right, we can actually do something with this. So you've hit the ground running. So you've got a few, do you remember your first show particular or no? Yeah, we oh, put it on so, yeah, ourselves. We put it on. Oh right, wow, man, you man's fucking organise as shit. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah, well, that- again, it, it was it was a thing with uni and uh, what, what was it? we had to we had to put a show on uh, at the joiners and because obviously it was a sound uh, an audio um, of degree, okay. yeah, course. Um, there was like a live sound kind of aspect to it as well, so we had to do the desk and stuff, and we put us on um drowned by oceans a band from back where i'm from in salisbury um and cb6 played it as well i believe okay yeah joey in him at the time i think he was actually i didn't i didn't know uh joey at the time as well as i do now but yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure he was I think he had long hair back then as well <laughs> <laughs> that, that
0: was that fucking emo fringe you were chatting about last week wasn't
2: it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pick up joey.
1: In it so you've hit the ground run you've put in your first show then you obviously played a few did you just play Southampton and that surrounding area for a while, or did you start going out and playing other places up and down the, the country first, the UK obviously everywhere else?
3: Played, I think we played Birmingham first, wasn't it, Sand? I thought it was Cardiff. I'm not too no, sure yeah, it was no it was Cardiff. Yeah, it was when when we first started Astro Boys wanted to book us for their one of their shows. I think it was a release show. Okay. And it was so bad. We had no transport. Literally on the day, I was like, we can't make it. So we pulled out of that, but then they had another release show following on and then we managed to play that. And then, yeah, we played, so we played like Cardiff and then we did Birmingham.
2: And then, yeah, I yeah, think the next shows after that, we did like a weekend with we des- Desolated we almost crashed the car. Oh,
4: what really oh, happened? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah tell us out, story.
2: You know, uh, you know those oh, like fit. slip roads that are going onto motorways, they always seem to go in like a, a loose kind of thing. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know how it is when you you know start on a band out. Like, you're in a fucking hatchback with like the merch and, like, <laughs> the, <drink laughs> yeah. and the roof. So yeah. obviously this this little Corsa was just so overloaded, man. We just went round the corner too fast and it fucking span out. Holy shit! It looked like shit. sketchiest fucking thing ever. Um, I think we crashed into like the side barrier and luckily it went not further down the road because we did just span out onto the motorway. Oh, oh wow. Oh, yeah, we got oh, there. Had a laugh about it. Played the show and
1: yeah, it was sick. And then claimed the unknown claims bonus and all that. It's kind of the GTA yeah. to be fair, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Fly the windscreen <laughs> or nothing, <Yeah>. but <laughs> that is jokes, mate. Right? So yeah, did you say so you done a few weekenders and did when when did you guys get out to Europe eventually like was that a few years later or was that not too far off after obviously doing the initial UK stuff?
3: Oh, um, that was with we first did Europe with No Rest. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Old, um, Jake Marlowe's old band, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah Jake yeah. Marlowe's old thing. Um, we did a couple of days here first and then went out to Switzerland. We did a drive from, yeah, like London to Switzerland or <laughs> something like that. And it, was it was like Cardiff, 17 mate. hours. Or yeah. was it
2: Cardiff? You, it was Cardiff. <sighs> you drove to Switzerland, your first show, like first show out in mainland yeah it was like an 18-hour drive that's uh, a mission man. oh my face it was a mission but do you know what like because we'd never like only dreamt about going out and like playing you know showing yeah, you up just do it in it mate we were just yeah, 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 yeah. Like, we got to calais stocked yeah. up on like the fucking amsterdam beers that are like that fucking big yeah, and then, got like, the lambrinis just, in as well yeah we just added it in the van didn't we? <laughs> Eighteen hours was sick when you put your second release, I'm gonna do
1: the abbreviation talks. I don't want you guys getting in any trouble because um, we was gonna ask you guys some questions about um, your your band name and like, if you got into any sort of like drama and shit. But it's probably best we don't say anything in it because we might get some fucking uh <laughs> <laughs> hello. Might get, might get spoken to by some um, by big ass companies and shit like, but um there was it called the next release was obviously another EP called the SF EP. When did you guys put that out and who was the one who was behind it in terms of like the recording and everything else and who was in the band at the time?
2: I think that was, it wasn't too far off the first one to be, or might've been like a year apart. Um, Cause the first one came out and we only, we only played that one show that I was on about earlier. Alright. Um and like it, was a say, year and it wasn't gonna be a thing. I remember I think it was probably like a year after we were like, Okay, we're getting, you know, a few more a few more uh, show offers or something. And we were like, Okay, let's put put another EP out. It might have even been another uni assignment. Um but yeah, we put that together, we were still living in a house and that, so it was nice and easy, man. Like we, we, I think we wrote like another three songs in like a week or something. And now it's literally taken us like a year and a half, maybe two years to write what? 10 songs. Do you know what I mean? It's, fu- it's fucking weird how it works. But yeah, we, um, we put that together, recorded it at the uni because we were quite lucky where we had free access to like the studios and stuff. So yeah, it sounds that, weird, yeah, it and that's man. the
1: one, that's the one
2: man. Yeah, like, was, yeah. yeah. That's
1: if you, if you're in a band and you're obviously still at uni, you can obviously record shit and you can do stuff there. you don't have to pay for none of it. And obviously mm-hmm. you was in new trying to get into music production itself. So you can just literally, have a go with it and if you if it comes out alright it comes alright if it comes out really good then you're happy with it but at least you get the experience of actually doing it you know what I'm saying so DIY yeah that's of
2: it it's it kind of cool like to have something to um almost like a being able to build like a portfolio with GSF as well like obviously it was you know getting a fair amount of shares or whatever like people were hearing it and that kind of helps like get my first couple of clients in as well I think yeah that's so, it. yeah that was useful man
1: that's 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 pretty cool. I've always must say, like the artwork as well has always been pretty cool. What you guys have done, obviously the first one was just a little bit basic, but the second one looks really good. It Obviously, kind of yeah. ties up with what the the the, the company with the, the with the game we're doing. <laughs> like, <yeah>. <laughs> 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 they,
4: uh, I, I know, I know, you can't talk about that, but you see a lot of people whipping that logo. I mean,
1: everywhere, yeah. everywhere, didn't you? So. It's a bit um. Yeah, it's like the it's like the posters and that they do for it. Like I've seen loads. Of I've seen different...
4: same. I've seen hip hop artists do it. I've seen. Yeah. They must be chasing a lot of people, man. But yeah. oh,
1: probably, probably. Yeah, yeah. 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 We don't want to yeah, get in yeah, trouble. I mean... <laughs> yeah. They definitely are. All right. So obviously you've put that out. You've toured. I mean, we can obviously talk about you playing shows and that. But I think the next release after that, the LV EP, is probably the one where your sound gets a little bit different and you starting to carve out what you wanted to do. And that's what Wemma mentioned earlier on about the influences. You can definitely hear the yeah in a lot of these tunes that you did. So do you want to talk a little bit more about the LV one? Because obviously you also done a few a couple of videos for it as well. Is that when you kind of thought you can actually maybe do something
2: with this band now? Like, Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I was saying, like at that point we were kind of like, right, if we do want to take this, you know, a little bit more seriously and you know, get bigger opportunities and just grow the band in general, then to the next, <laughs> you know, at that point, that was when we were, we were kind of like, <laughs> right, we got to, uh, kind of tie in like real life situations with, with the game. So it was like a nice transition or whatever. Um, but yeah, at that point we, we kind of teamed up with, uh, Ven records who, uh, it's lagged from gallows and, uh, Ian Dickinson as well, shout out to him and Charlie, um, and we had a manager at the time as well James Ilsey and uh, oh, that, kind of, that kind of combo just like I don't know something clicked and you know it just set the ball ball rolling on a, a whole new level really we got you know a bit of press out of it um, we were on the radio uh, and got like download off the back of that as well which was just crazy so yeah I, I definitely think Bernie oh, p was like where it kind of stepped
4: up for us a lot I ain't gonna lie though. I was mad jealous man I was mad jealous for download man <laughs> What was that? What was that like? Oh Insane. man, it was an experience.
2: Did you uh, meet up with any artists? We were, we had our our backstage like uh, what's it? It's like a porter cabin, is it? Like that was right next to Slayer. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, oh yeah. Mad. It was all like gated off and stuff, so we we didn't see any of them. But yeah, it was uh, like, we okay. saw Kerry King. I didn't actually see him. I, I think you boys did. I was fucking jealous of that man. But yeah. Oh, shit. Did you see anyone else? Uh, Deligerate Escape Plan. Steel Panther were, were like, shooting. They were were like I just walked in front of the camera. Um, I think they got pissed off. I think, I think I saw, (laughs) (laughs) is it Joe Perry? The, is he the Aerosmith guitarist? Yeah, Joe Perry. is. Yeah, yeah. I think that's him. Right. So I think, from what I could gather, all all the Aerosmith guys were getting like, coming in on, in their own like, limos or whatever. And I remember seeing like, these fucking like this girl, like scantily clad girl, like come out of this limo, holding this guitar, right? And then all of a sudden, you just see Joe Perry just get out, like grabs the guitar and just walks off. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it was a crazy no. day. Like that is, that is ridiculous. <laughs> that's so sick, though. But
1: yeah. with them bands, that's if they're not doing that. Yeah, like what's the point? That's <laughs> the point. They're yeah, supposed yeah. to be doing that shit, man. <laughs> For sure. So yeah, that was so sick.
2: sick. What's the set? What, what, what stage did you play on? We were meant to play, I think it's called the Dog Tooth Stage. I think that's the name of it, like the smaller one. And for whatever reason, um, like a, a slot came up on, uh, on our stage that we, that we played, which was the Avalanche stage, which is like mm. the third one. Um, the slot on the, on the, the like, original slot that was on the Friday night and the one that we got offered was obviously in a bigger tent on Sunday and it was I think it was second on. Midday, we were, we were mm. quite, quite torn as to what to do because obviously we had quite a good slot on the Friday uh. and obviously Sunday night. Everyone's going to be knackered, like hung over to shit. Right. Like we do, but we, we we roll with it. Um And we we sort of we were like sound checking or whatever, or like tuning behind the stage while the first band was on. And this was, what? Well, how big would you say it was So Probably about like five thousand. No, it's a seven thousand cap tent apparently. Seven. Yeah. Fucking hell! So nice. yeah, the, the band were on before us, and we were kind of poking our heads out, and there was probably like fifty people in there, and we were like, "Fucking hell, boys!" Like we've obviously like built it up to be an amazing show in our heads. Mm. Um, we were just like, "Right, fuck it, we might as well just enjoy it, like have a sick time." And about five minutes before we went on, sort of looked out again. It was like, "Fuck me!" It's like packed. Oh, awesome. man. it was sick, man. Like honestly, like without gassing it up too much, it was like the best day of my life, man. Were you nervous? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the thing is like where it was on the sunday we had to watch every single band like do it before us yeah so, it like, we not like we could just get it out of the way with and those nerves just built up and built up and built up yeah and then once once we got sound checking and stuff it was like right we're used to doing this like this is just another show just fucking crack it out and it was sick yeah what
4: was the reception like yeah it was decent really
2: man
1: oh man wicked man that's that's uh, good. That's cool, man. But so uh, do you reckon people actually like, oh, I've got to check out grocery. I got do you reckon it might have been because of the link with what I've just what we mentioned baby. previously with do you think so, maybe? I mean, obviously you're gonna have fans who are into you because you've been going for a couple of years, three years by at this point. But do you think some of that must have helped with the sort of like, oh, that's a, that's kind
3: of mad that, that there's a bad name after this. Let me go check it out. Do you reckon that had something to do with it? Yeah, man, I I, I do believe so because you see the name and it's like, oh, right, like what? Like you recognize it because obviously where it's from, the game, like it's for our generation. It was such a big game. Definitely. Yeah, I can attest to that. Definitely. So a lot of people relate to it and like we didn't even realize that we was going to do anything like that. Like that relation wasn't a factor to us at all. So for it to get where it has with it. Yeah. So I wanted to quickly just talk about, I know you've got videos for
1: your other um, tunes as well that will come later on, but I wanted to talk about Right to Reclaim and Rest in Power that you put out on the LVEP. Who done those videos like? Because they're actually really well done. Yeah, really good, man. Yeah, really cool videos.
2: Thank you, man.
3: Um, So they were shot by uh, Right to Remain Violent. That was shot by a girl named Martina, who did a lot of stuff, but then it was edited by... Uh, a very very close friend of mine, Keith Pasi, who's like an absolute master at editing. I know videos. that. I know that dude. That Keeper Yeah, I've
1: s- seen some of his stuff in that. Like he's definitely got around and done a lot of stuff with a lot of bands and stuff. Not just hardcore.
3: He does a broad, broad range of things isn't it. Like, yeah, yeah. He's he's um he's been a really close friend of mine for like, like uh, 16 sixteen years. In I've known him since school. We've always skated. i oh, sick. Skate videos together. Uh, We've done, like, he's done music videos for us. Uh, I've lived with him as well, so I got to spend a lot of time seeing what he was working on, and he even asked me to help a little bit, like, a bit of input. Um, proper tight and shit like that. That helps when you've got someone who's your
1: friend and that, like, who who's into that sort of thing and can do that sort of thing to a professional standard, because the videos are all professional, man. Like, def- like it's, it's not no DIY thing, especially what's it called, um Right to Reclaim. That's the one where you're on the stage on this like right, so main it's, almost, violent. it's almost like what's it called it? you hire that like an old warehouse sort of type thing and you just played on the stage you just went from there innit like yeah I was innit? gonna
4: ask because that one you got like a plane you got where did you is that like some kind of um hangar
2: I saw a plane in the back I see cars yeah I can't remember how we found out about it I think our, our bassist at the time he um, like his old band like used it in a different like at a different angle and had like a hook up with it so we went in there and we we're like, fucking hell, like they got planes, like all these old cars and shit. We were like, yeah, this is like, this what, what it. is it? Is it, is, does someone own it? Is it, do you have, who, how do you get permission? I, I, uh, so there's like a, an airfield up where, where I'm from in Salisbury. Um, I think it's called Old Serum Airfield or something. It's, it's an old like air hanger. And there was just these two old like grease monkey dudes just like, I don't know, just working on shit. And they were like, oh yeah, do you want to just, you know, use our generators and stuff completely free? We're expecting to pay like I don't know, like a good couple of hundred. Like yeah, cool. Oh, I so think that yeah, was cool. Sick. Like for people that haven't seen the video, what's that
4: film with? um Yeah, Tom Cruise. What's that film where he's he's, he's um, smuggling drugs? American Made. American Made or something like it, it's called. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's,
1: he's working from a hangar. It, it looked just like that. It looked like Passenger Fifty Seven, the hangar. In
0: that
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't seen Passenger Fifty Seven, check it out. mate. always bet on black. That is that Wesley is, is that Wesley Snipes? It's Wesley Snipes yeah, yeah, it's yeah, deep. Yeah. I ain't watched that, that, that for years. That film is I have used <laughs> man Chris Ben, have you seen that film before? Passenger 57?
3: Yes, I uh, have, but not for, for a long time. time though, yeah.
1: seen oh, that's, one of the, that's one of the 90s bangers, man. The the English dude, his name is uh is it Thomas Payne? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, no. uh or Rain, something like that. Love. But his name's like his nickname's like Rain of Terror or so He just does bear this Hurley's in it, actually. She's really yeah, Liz Hurley's in it. Mm. And at the end, when she gets arrested and this was just like, what a waste. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone but us.
0: Straight
1: from the heart of London. I'm sure you started touring after this
3: Downloads appearance. Am I right? Yeah. Big tours, oh, you know. Doing decent tours, yeah. Decent tour, yeah. Some really
2: fun tours. Yeah, we got oh. with um, MAD over in uh, over in Berlin, man. Uh, I think that was just before download. Um, and then, yeah, just I think the first thing they hooked us up with was um, Agg- Aggie Front around the UK for, for four days, I believe it was. Wow. Three, yeah, three, four days. Yeah, man. Think, man. Yeah, that, that was unreal, man. Vinny's cool, innit? Oh, man. Stigma. Like, e. What a dude. He sleeps just all day, doesn't he? Like, yeah. well, and <laughs> then just run around the stage like a nutcase, man. But
4: yeah, he's a good dude. I mean how did you you get the hook up with MAD did they approach you or did you
2: approach them or I think they approached us um I think we yeah I think they contacted our manager at the time um and then yeah we 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 hooked it up I mean I'm I'm a massive Municipal Waste fan when I saw that they were on like MAD and obviously I know a lot of other big bands and stuff I was like yep sick straight up let's do
1: it yeah we toured we toured with um the Van Wagen the Ryan Reagan, yeah, the offshoot of Municipal Waste. Oh, it, like, sick! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. How How was that? Man? Oh, I man, that was really cool, man. They're all cool people as well, like. Yeah. So, you bought that Volume One mixtape again? Was that on Vind Records or did you guys do that on your own?
2: They uh, they put it out on the they put it out on tape, um, I believe. Cause basically, we we were trying to write like the album uh, before we started writing or before we sort of come up with the idea of putting the mixtape out um, and it basically got to a stage where we were like, right, we should try and release something before download. Because obviously we knew that we were on this bigger stage, we are a little bit worried about getting, uh, getting footfall there and stuff. Um, so yeah, we, we decided to, to try and put something out before download with the idea of getting, you know, a bit of press attention and stuff and getting it in people's faces so that they'd be like, oh shit, like I've just checked that band out. Let's go see them sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, we, we did that. We, we put it out ourselves, I believe on, uh, on like digital format and then yeah. Uh, then did the tapes. Do you normally just
1: put stuff out digitally or do you try to go for some, um, physical copies
3: of stuff as well? Like, Oh, I love physical copies mum. It's all about physical copy. And, uh, when we did the LVP, I was most stoked because we got to do vinyl and to me, that's a big thing. Yeah, I see some of the colours
1: and stuff that you guys did with it as well. Is that, is that the one with, like, the turquoise green sort of like... Uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's like a toxic waste sort of one, it's called. Toxic Splatter. Yeah, the artwork... The, <laughs> I've got to say, the artwork for that particular release is actually really good, man. The artwork is, is is very striking. Obviously, it's got definitely that LA 92 riots vibe about it as mm. well,
2: which is pretty cool, like, so... you, you done the artwork for it? Um, oh, I can't even remember. I can't remember, man. I... I Old guitarist Lou sorted all that sort of side of stuff out. All yeah, I, all I know I'm is so some, we got it back. there's some guy from
3: Brazil and he does really, really good artwork. That's all I can say. I'm hitting this guy up, man. You know, you're dope, man. Yeah. That's, I do like the old sort of like
1: people who can just draw something, could just come up with something. You say you, this is what you want, and they can just. Put it on the on a bit of paper and then it's staring you in front of your face, man.
4: I was going to ask you about one of your
2: tracks, man. Sundays. Who done the beat for that? Oh, that was our boy Kurt uh, Kurt Fagan. He, he's mad good at hip hop. He uh, he works in a studio uh, down in Southampton at the Ranch. Mad talented dude, man. That's fucking wicked, man.
4: I'm into beat yeah, making and stuff uh, like that. I was listening to that and it, it sounded it's wicked, man. Proper
2: good. Oh, that's sick, man. I'll let him know. Yeah, we got um Obi Wan on it as well, he's uh a good dude of mine from from where I grew up. Um and he's quite big in the lo fi scene. Oh, okay, yeah. That was pretty cool, man. How,
4: how did that all come about? Did, 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 did that you just decide to put a track on
2: Yeah, I mean I guess we was was always it? like kind of tried as much as we can to kind of like tie in a bit of like a hip hop kind of vibe with it as well, like um, whether that's like a, an intro to a live set, an intro to a, an EP or like in this case, like a, a little interlude, um, I, kn- I know Kurt was good at making beats, uh, Sully good at making beats as well. He's made a couple of our sort of like interludes and stuff. So yeah, I just hit him up and was like, yo, do you want to, do you want to hook it up? And he was down for it. So yeah, it was oh, cool. Man. He actually filled in on our first tour as well, actually. Yeah, he like did. A bit of a sugar babes tour. That's what we called it. Cause I think there was only like two original members in it wasn't, there? it was just me and you. <laughs> <Yeah. Good babes. laughs> hey, who's your bassist? What's his name? So I mean, basically we've uh, we've had a bit of a uh, a member change in the last sort of probably like six months. Uh, so Art used to play bass for us. Um, he joined just when we started doing, a, you know, a lot of uh, sort of weekenders and stuff like that. Um, and he he's just left recently, and uh, Lou's left as well. Uh, he was our original well, bass player, but then went on to guitar. Um, and he's just started a new band uh, for all like the shoe-gazy kind of emo fans out there called Oversize. So go okay. check them out. So that, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we've got we've actually got Andy from Desolated. He's stepping, stepping in on guitar. Oh, yes. nice. Well, cool.
1: actually, we, we've yeah. got loads of members, man. Cause I noticed there's a picture of you with Andy as well, like way back in the day, like 2013 sort of days. So he was in the band originally helping out. Yeah. Or was Yeah.
2: Yeah. He, he was was with us for, I think we did our first kind of tour. That was the guy who, uh, he, Andy was driving when we uh, almost span out in that Corsa, or we did spin out. Um, and then he left because he joined Desolated, like a week before flying out and doing like a six week US tour. So we were like, yeah, fair. Yeah. Like, Hats off to you, mate. going. Fair play, go. man. Like you got to take those opportunities when they do
1: come. I must admit.
2: Yeah, most definitely, man. Um, and then yeah, just come full full circle, and he's back in the band. So I wanted to quick. I wanted to quickly touch upon
1: that video for Make with it. Like <laughs> that, that actually looked really fun. It looked like you guys had a lot of fun doing that video. Yeah, like, I know Ben. Today, man. I know Ben looked like he had a lot of fun. Was you? Oh. Was, Ben, you look like you was in space, bruv. <laughs> bruv I, I was another dimension.
3: Let's just say that, bruv. It was it was a crazy day. <laughs> where did you where did you guys film that? Like did you go to a proper studio to get it done and shit? Or was it? No, because right, so we had a really low budget on that. And then who filmed the video, he um he had a green screen at the time. And I was living in this place uh called Cable Street Studios up in Limehouse Ways. Oh, I know Cable, okay, yeah, I know but that is. Yeah, and we had a yeah. big studio space within there and uh, set up a green screen and was just like, we can just film here, let's just grab some stuff. So we've got like a disco ball and boards and loads of stuff and we're just messing around with it. It came out really
1: good, man. I remember when yeah, you were, yeah. when you first dropped it, like the uh, the sort of like the promo sort of shot for it and I was like, oh shit, this looks pretty fun, man. It looks like you'd definitely be interested in that. Do you put it on Kerrang first, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I think um, I premiered for Kerrang. Yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that is true, man. See, I definitely remember that. Like, I remember seeing it because by that time, you guys were like doing bits and that like moving around and last year you played Boomtown. Uh, Yeah, man. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What was... I've heard... Do you know much about Boomtown? No. You never heard of Boomtown? So basically, I don't... I know a little bit about it, but obviously these two will fill us in a bit more better. But Boomtown is basically like a massive festival where they have like all different types of artists. So when remember, remember you played that thing in, um, I think it was in Slovenia or, or Croatia. Serbia. Yeah. Serbia. Ex-press. Yeah. yeah. Where you had like, um, Grace Jones and Migos and a knuckle duster on the bill. That's yeah. What yeah. Boom,
2: that's what Boomtown is basically like, but it is in Bristol. It's weird having like everything, like you say, from like Gabba all the way through to like, I don't know, like cancer bats or like black metal or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's
3: nuts it was weird. It was weird. Like you'd, you finish playing a song and you could just hear jungle in the background. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so strange. What's,
2: what's this, is, is this setting as it is, is it in a town? Like they build it, they build it out of like scaffolding and like MDF and stuff, man. It looks amazing. Especially if you're like, if you're fucked, like you, you, you ain't going to tell the difference. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy, man. Um, but, it's,
1: but It's obviously on a, it's obviously on a massive field sort of like type fucking acre sort
3: of type shit. I'm guessing like, but the scale yeah. is intense bigger than downloads like yeah I'll, personally I think so like we was there for we got there on a Friday and left on the Monday and pretty much like uh, we didn't even explore all of it it was that massive that is... I'm
4: just looking at the flyer from 2019 they had profits of Rage Lovin yeah. Hill
1: Napalm Death,
4: Napalm Death as well
1: yeah you've never seen some of these artists before, and you happen to play this particular show, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go see Salt of Pepper after that." <laughs> 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 mm. <laughs> it's pretty fucking cool, man. Shit, man. So yeah, by this time though, you men have been moving around and getting us some massive t-
2: tours. Doing you've done a nightliner, not, not yet, nightliner. yet but yeah. But we we just uh we, today actually we just announced a tour with uh, with Rikers over in Germany. Uh, oh, well, we, I these, that, Yeah, of, in December. Yeah, end of December, with, yeah. uh, and that's going to be essentially what is going to be our first bus tour, so yeah, uh, man, I'm fucking pumped for that. Of some way, man, that's amazing,
1: man. Yeah, when yeah. you, well, you played with them, innit? I could see the poster, tour post behind you, you were on that tour of them wasn't you? a couple of years ago? I've,
4: I've known them guys for years, man. Oh, okay. Did you know The first ever show in London, um, which Pierre put on Damage Control, um, that's when I first ever met him in 98 or something. But, yeah. Oh, wow. Great band, man. That's that's going to be a. a... So how I many how many dates you how many dates you doing on that tour? Uh, it's four dates altogether. Uh,
3: it's, it's from Boxing Day till the thirtieth. Boxing Day. Yeah,
2: yeah. Wow, to be over Christmas this year, I think, man. i have got to drive out to meet the bus and stuff. But yeah, it'd be sick. No, that was always the date they do. Apparently, they do it every year, and it's apparently
3: it's. What I've been told is really good. So I'm like, oh, yeah, know,
1: they, cool, they, they do do that every year because I know it's, uh, it was an MAD thing. I'm not sure if it's just MAD, but Born from Pain, they always do like a Christmas yeah. time. After mm. Christmas, they always do like four day show for like uh, mostly through Germany. I think it's mostly through Germany and maybe a show in Holland or something that they mm. do. Like, you've done the UK leg of Cancer Bats, Comeback Kids, and Sick of It All. Is that correct? Yeah. What was that like? Was that a good experience?
3: That was a, it was a really, really good experience. Like, um, uh, come back I'd like, i heard for like so many years and stuff like that. Cancer Bats I'd listened to previously and like sick of it all, you know, they're sick of it all.
2: Yeah. Uh, for we,
3: we got to play with them a few years back in Southampton and it was a great show. So when we got told, you know, do you want to do these dates? It was like, yes, like straight away. Yes. And, um, they're all really lovely. like everyone in those bands are lovely people, so warming, like caring. So it was, you know, normally like sometimes you have to take a couple of days to fully get into know everyone, sort of yeah, cool yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like straight in. Like everyone's like, yeah, how are you doing? Like grab some food or like have a drink. Let's play the show. Or so
4: that's
3: yeah, really nice, cool, man.
4: Yeah. What venue oh, was really that? Electric man. Ballroom. That one. That was wasn't it in London? Yeah, that
3: was the last show on it. Uh not electric ballroom, it is electric in Brixton. Electric Brixton, sorry, yeah. Oh, I've never been to that venue. What capacity is that? I think it's fifteen hundred.
1: Oh wow. Oh wow, I didn't know that.
3: Yeah, I, I believe thought you so. been
0: there actually.
1: No, every, I've never been to that one. Every every time you play you every time you play fucking these venues were underwater now, you'd be like, this is pussy, man, you play Download. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's the thing, we did Download and it was back to playing like British Legions and shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. There's one, there's one thing I will say, man, like getting to play Download and Boomtown is like a great experience and it's, it's really cool to see and try these things, but there's nothing better than playing like a small room filled up with kids just going crazy. That's oh, yeah. true, mate. Yeah, that man. is, def- that is def- and
1: I and I would the thing I would definitely say is when you guys played that Ready Eye show that you headlined the mm. the free the H one, like that's a good example of that because people were going nuts when you were playing, and I think it ran over a little bit, but people still hung around because we had that after party and shit. But like, definitely, that's the first time I actually properly saw you guys. Well, I mean, I've seen you previously, but when you're in a room and you there's no with you to go, you're just gonna watch the band. I thought, man, these fucking boys. Know what they're fucking doing, they know how to play as well, and you've got good energy on stage as well, man. Really, really good energy. So, yeah, man, do you, so you put out a track? Uh, shift
3: is that the last thing you've recently put out? So, we're, we're currently writing a new record, we're writing our debut LP. Uh, it is taking quite a while because we
2: used to writing in EPs about GTA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this time, yeah. uh, How many songs have you got written? I think we're on number seven. I think we've got eight done, but we just need vocals on it. I'm probably going to get a telling off of our drummer for saying that because he's like, "No, we're changing everything." But like, I think that's where we're at with it. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're definitely over the halfway hurdle, man. You just one you- things, in it? We just want to get it right, even if it takes you know another year or so if it's the first release. Like yeah, first yeah, look like album release. Sorry, like might as well just smash it, get it right. right. Do, it? do you yeah. enjoy the writing process? The thing I don't like about it is just like you got to you got to like appeal to everyone in the band. You know what I mean? Like you could be, yeah. I could be stuck with a riff, and then it would just get like shot down. And I <laughs> try not to take it to heart because it, that's just part of it, man. That compromises how you reach the the end uh, the end product at the end of the day, but. Yeah, it's, it's a slog, man.
0: It's the worst when you come up with saying, and then you're like, this is so fucking good. I can't wait to show the <laughs> others this shit. You play, it to yeah. them, you play it to them, and they're like, one person in the group chat's just like, oh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing.
2: Yeah. Or they'll cut, you know, you'll send it over, you'll be gassed on it, and then they'll be like, mate, that's this riff already. And they will send it to you exactly the same. Oh, uh, Jamie, times I've done that. I fucking hate that, man.
4: <laughs> There's two things I do. I either write a song, and I'm like, that's amazing, and then I listen to it back and go, oh, shit, that's fucking entombed, or, or some others. <laughs> yeah. Or I write something, and I think, that's fucking amazing, and then I listen to it the next day, and I think, that's fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Depends <laughs> how excited <pops laughs> you are, man. <laughs> ben, what you, what's... Are we allowed to talk about lyrics? What type of things do you like to sing about?
3: It' there's a lot of stuff I think. So obviously, a lot of the stuff written before is about sort of the game and like trying to relate it to real life and stuff. But now, obviously, while we're moving away from being GTA sort of based, we're trying to make things that sound more like you know real life. You know, there's certain things of like Sandy wrote some really cool lyrics, like for a song about how you shouldn't be kept down, how you should like try and better yourself and stop keeping yourself trapped in that and
2: think there's some good themes on this record that I think will be related across. Yeah, I think I think with the lyrics we just now, because none of us really are like natural lyricists, so it's super hard, but we just like, like Sol said, we're just trying to, you know, like write about what we're kind of personally going through and keep it as, you know, open to interpretation as we possibly can so people can relate. You know, all all sorts of different things, but I'm a guitarist by trade, man. I find writing writing lyrics tough as fuck. Are you allowed to write songs about being happy in hardcore? I don't think there's anything
1: wrong with being like, talking about how happy you feel currently. Like you might have met a a great person, a great person in your life. You might be you might have a good job, or, or everything's just going well for you at the moment. I don't think it's a bad thing to actually talk about it personally.
0: Nuclear Family Records presents the Split EP from Cold War and Mantlet. Cold War from South Wales bring you angry vegan hardcore. And Mantlet from Coventry bring upbeat, metallic, mosh-heavy anthems. find it on nuclear family records Banker. out now all right guys
1: i wanted to actually last both of you to answer this i did send the question over to chris we've done it with skc the other week so i wanted to give you a bit of a heads up your top five hardcore or metal bands doesn't matter if they're new if they're old but who are your top five and i'll let's start with chris
2: Mate, oh, like I said to you earlier, I wish you could have given me like a week's notice about this one, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'd, I'd say I've got to go with, uh, like, I mean, they're not, you know, typically hardcore, but they're definitely in, like, crossover, so Municipal Waste for me, man. They're just, yeah, all-time favorite band. Um Cro-Mags as well. Uh, that Alpha Omega record is just insane. War Hungry. Um Probably got, I mean, if we're talking all time as well, probably suicidal. Um, oh man, I don't know. It's, it's just such a hard thing, man. Um, I'll go with a new band now. you put three strong bands down.
1: I mean, and as you was talking about, two Sorry. more, two more. Come on, you can do it. The list, the well, list, two more well, well, changes. Name, name two UK hardcore bands that you're into as all well that you really like. Or you, right you now,
2: influence. uh, CB6, they just released a new, uh, New record and it's fucking insane. Um and Revulsion as well. So Bane. I always love Bane. Sick. Yeah, I love Bane.
3: Uh
4: Bundem Out. Out.
3: <laughs> exactly. <what I> mean. <laughs> um who else is there? Power Trip. They're absolutely an amazing band. Yeah, uh, everyone. I, I know a lot of people in City who fucking love power
1: Ship. I'm not really into all that. It's like, they're not super metal. They're just like really freshy, and good at what they're tight though. I know they're very tight, but yeah. I just not into it, man. I just like, I like snare drum flavor,
3: but anyway, sorry, <laughs> let me cut you off there. That's all right. Um, I guess suicidal tendencies always will be one and I'll say, I'll have to say Metallica. Yeah.
1: Fair right? up, up to what album or after what album because everyone Ooh. has that all everyone always has that thing in it like we, we won't we won't include "Sent Anger in the list obviously do you know what I don't mind saying Anger I'm going that's on the snare sound thing. bruv I don't mind
4: it people said that aged that album aged really good really yeah. well <laughs> that's, that's, I've heard that said I remember quite a few the, times
1: I, I remember the video when it come out when they done so I remember for the um they done Two singles for that on um on CDs that come out on uh, HMV. I remember I bought them both, but the video was actually pretty cool because they they filmed it in San mm. Quentin, didn't they? Yeah, that was this video. Rant- right it.
3: No, it was that San Anger. Yeah, yeah. They actually used uh, real prisoners for it as well. That's it. They yeah, it. they did. I think that that album,
0: right, when that come out, because when Metallica had been doing some pretty kind of like soft shit um and then when i did that i, I kind of just thought this sounds like a band that's trying to sound like metallica it don't sound like metallica anymore chris and ben is there like any
4: out any music you listen to like that i would call your guilty pleasure
0: my
3: that, guilty pleasure
4: that you're embarrassed about that you wouldn't really want people to know about but you're gonna say it on the podcast because oh, you man, don't man, care yeah. to, no, to no, be no.
2: honest I'm, I'm pretty proud of everything i listen to but there's uh like, with the weather that's coming in now, right, I and mean, the job that I do, I go down, like, country lanes and shit. Um, yeah. Mate, I've been banging on the banjo music recently, bro. That's cool, man. <laughs> banjo love <laughs> like so it. It's sick. Yeah,
1: man. I'm a bit
4: scared of that Dude, music, be because, be because, um, be... for
1: obvious reasons. <laughs> 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 don't, don't get John Carter on it, mate. You know what if he's you like. put your,
4: Do you put your white hood on when you listening to
3: <laughs> 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 What about you, Ben? I couldn't even tell you, but I listen to so much like weird music. Like a lot of my friends are just like, you always come out with some next tune, and I'm like, I don't know, not it just it's got it's a just music in it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you can you name one or? Um, boy, you know what I have been banging out a bit recently. Do you remember Eternal? Eternal, yeah. Brav, yeah. um... Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna what say it. I, I
2: wanna
4: I make... be the only
1: one. Eternal, oh, you yeah, want to be the only one to. Eternal with. uh, The Three Black Girls. With Lu- yeah. And Lu- and Louise Redknapp.
3: Oh, yeah, Louise oh, Redknapp. But yeah, 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 yeah. Was it? Louise Redknapp, like, she was in it. She was she in it. Those, she was an original member, yeah. yeah. They were like the original, like Destiny's Child. No, they were before yeah. Destiny's Child. Yeah, they were. Like, That's before, what he said, like, original, like, yeah. they were oh, the original, yeah. The like, original, oh, yeah. They were like what they wanted to be.
4: They had one banging song,
1: actually. Um, called Stay. Remember. It's called stay. How's that go? I ain't
0: gonna sing it, but you Google
2: it. Yeah, I feel like you boys are judging me for the banjos. I
0: remember driving around in America, and it was like fucking hundred degrees Fahrenheit on a little dashboard, and I tuned the radio into some bluegrass, and like we had the windows open, just driving down the highway. I just remember thinking, actually, I will get it now. On
1: that note i think that's the end of the interview isn't it I mean, yeah right?
2: thanks for having us on boys of course
1: what is this now for grocery where do you guys go from me obviously you spoke earlier so you've got an, you're writing an album what else yeah. do you hope to achieve hope to play the main stage of download. do you just want to continue doing club shows and shit or
2: man i'd i'd love to play download again on any sort of stage um i mean i'd love to go and tour to the us um I want to hit Southeast Asia, just more places, uh, bigger tours, stuff like that. Just, yeah, just keep doing it, man. If we can continue playing shows and go to new
3: places and experience new things, I'm always down for it. Get this record done and see where it can take us. Thanks, everyone. Just bear with us. We're doing all of this over the
1: internet. But at the same time, even though we're doing it over the internet, at least we're able to to get the people who we want to interview. We'd like to do it in a studio, but at least we've managed to actually get it done. And obviously much respect to Steve, who's doing all the editing and all the audio and stuff. But yeah, thank you very much, guys. This has been the Everyone But Us podcast, episode 21. We've definitely got a lot in the pipeline and we've got a few people who we're definitely going to be speaking to. So everyone watch this space and make sure you like, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and obviously all your favorite streaming platforms. And make sure you check out our Instagram page and of course our Facebook page too and make sure you check out Grove Street Families as well because you definitely will not be disappointed. All right, guys. That's all right. Take it easy.
0: Thank
4: you, guys. Yeah, guys. Cheers, man.
0: You're listening to the Everyone But Us podcast straight from the heart of London.